0: All right, Major Gift Fundraiser here with Clark Van Deventer, helping you get the most money out of your list without ruining your current donor relationships. Buenos dias. Hey, Clark Van Deventer from Major Gifts Fundraiser. This morning, I'm sitting here at my desk. I'm actually standing at my desk, my standing desk, and uh, I'm, I'm standing here at my desk. And I look over in the corner of my desk and I see four books sitting there in the corner of my desk. Books that I have, I'm constantly referring to, constantly recommending to people, constantly making a point and then using one of these books to back up the point that I'm making with somebody. All right. So these four books that I've got on my desk one is um, The New Gold Standard by Joseph McKelly. This book talks about. Uh, The Ritz-Carlton Okay, the, the next book is be our guest This is actually published by the Disney Institute. So be our guest perfecting the art of customer service Obviously a book about Disney Okay, I got another book here the Nordstrom way to customer experience excellence Creating a values driven service culture Okay, so obviously about Nordstrom And then a book that I have uh, uh, recommended for years and have actually, I I run seminars extrapolating the principles in this book for nonprofits. um, The Starbucks Experience, this one also by Joseph McKelly, who also wrote the Ritz Carlton book, Uh, Five Principles for Turning Ordinary into Extraordinary. All fantastic books, all books that I highly recommend. Uh, in terms of creating a culture at your organization, a culture of service, um, loving our donors, doing the right thing, like sometimes with thank yous, like I'm always saying to nonprofits, you should thank your donors uh, seven times for every gift that comes in, right? Uh, a new donor should get seven thank yous within the first month of their gift. And sometimes organizations are like, really? Like seven times? Do I have to thank them seven times? Oh. And I feel like is talking to my kids like do i really like do i have to say thank you or they get in a fight like why do i have to say i'm sorry or whatever here's the thing like i shouldn't have to tell you to thank your donors seven times like you should be so thankful that you're just like exuding thanks you should be like oh only seven times i only have to thank them seven times because you're like, you're just genuinely so grateful. You're so thankful for, your, for their support that like seven thank yous for a gift is just like so easy, right? So these books are about culture, okay? Highly recommend all these books, but I laughed at myself as I saw these books sitting in the corner of my desk this morning because these books tell me something about my listening preference. Okay, another book I'm going to recommend. I've recommended this many, many times over the years. "Listen Up" by Larry Barker and Kitty Watson: How to Improve Relationships, Reduce Stress, and Be More Productive by Using the Power of Listening. Okay, this is not a, a fundraising book per se. It's a social science book, but there's a lot that we can learn in this book and extrapolate into our work as fundraisers. And uh, one of the things they talk about in this book are, are different listening preferences and how we each tend to have our own listening preference. And whatever our own listening preference is, we tend to speak in that same language. All right. So the, the four different listener types, they tend to fall into, there there's t- tends to be four different distinct listener types that we all fall into people oriented. Action oriented, content oriented, and time oriented. So people, action, content, time. Okay, so I'm looking in the corner of my desk this morning. I see these four books stacked up. Okay, Disney, Ritz Carlton, Nordstrom, Starbucks. And I just laugh because I'm like, I am such a people oriented listener. I am a people oriented listener so when I want to learn principles about business or, or fundraising and I want to learn about different strategies and concepts, the way that I learn about that is through companies which are sort of like and if you think about it like it, it's like being a, it's like being a person right like I can get my mind around Disney I'm, It's like Disney's a person. So as a people-oriented listener, this is, how I, this is how I learned these principles. It's through studying Disney, Nordstrom, Starbucks, the Ritz-Carlton. Okay, So I'm a big history buff, but the way I've learned history it isn't like through reading history books. It's been through reading hundreds of biographies, hundreds of biographies of individual people. And then I, I pieced lots of history together through the lives of individual people. So I've never read a book on the American Revolution but I've read I've read 25 books on on different founding fathers and and people who were center at the founding of America. And that's how I've learned about the American Revolution, not through reading a history book but through reading the stories of people who were involved, and so this is how I learn about about business, about fundraising, right? It's it's through through studying companies, which are the equivalent of people. Okay, so it understanding your own listening preference, your own your own style, your own um, your own listener type, is is incredibly important when you go in and meet with your donors. Like you wanna understand your own listening preference because that's the language that you tend to speak in. And and you also want to understand the listening preference of your donor. All right, so here's the thing, right? I've just said I'm a people-oriented listener. But if I'm a people-oriented listener and I go in and I'm talking with a donor, and and my donor is a content-oriented listener, I'm I'm not even speaking in the same language as my donor. And this is incredibly important because you have precious little time in any meeting to really make your pitch. Now, I I know you think you have an hour. You don't. You don't have an hour. All right, so quick sidebar here. I was just looking at um, the website. Of an, of an organization I have some ties to, and um, they, they're vice president for advancement. It says, I'm going to kind of edit what it says so I don't give away who this is, um, but it says, um, Bob will gladly sit down with you to share our vision and show you various ways you can support what we're doing here. Like, Really? <laughs> like, no, that's not what you do in a donor meeting. Like the, the whole point of a donor meeting isn't me sitting down and telling you what we're doing and how you could be involved in it, right? Like, so that's not what we do. What's What's easier, okay? Me convincing you that our mission is fantastic and you should give to it, or me understanding what motivates you and how our mission actually dovetails with your own personal personal mission in life and how a gift to us helps you accomplish your own personal mission and carry forth your own values like seriously like which do you think is easier right like am i am i going to be more likely to give you money to help you accomplish your mission or am i going to be more likely to give money to help me accomplish my mission, right? Like so that what we want to do in a donor meeting is not like say here, here's what our mission is, here's what we're doing and here's how you can be a part of it, no. You want to figure out how the, the, the personal life mission of the donor like dovetails with your own mission as an organization and you're just working together, right? You're just linking arms. That's what you're doing, okay? So you're going to go into a meeting, and you're going to ask questions, lots of questions. So that's what we do in a donor meeting. In an hour-long donor meeting, you're going to spend most of your time listening. You want to listen to the gift. You want to ask strategic questions that help you figure out what is it that makes this donor tick, all right? What is their personal mission, and how does the mission of our organization dovetail with the personal life mission of this donor by the way we've got a a free program available to you i'll post a link in the comments here on uh, donor secrets and donors talk about why they give and what motivates them to give so this this audio program it's free uh just put in your email it will come right to your inbox the audio program you can also get an mp3 of the you can listen on on your computer you can download the mp3 to your phone so you can listen on the go it also comes with a 15 page report where and but in the audio you actually listen to donors talk about why they give what motivates them to give it's priceless it's like mining in a vein of solid gold where you get actually listen to donors talk about why they give so check out that link if you if you can't find it if you don't see the link, it's easy to remember, tinyurl.com slash donorsecrets, tinyurl.com slash donorsecrets. All right, so you, you got this hour-long meeting, right? Like you're not going in and just vomiting, right? Like you're not just spewing out lots of content, explaining to the donor how they can be involved in your mission, not what you're doing. You're asking strategic questions, you're listening to gift, figuring out what it is that motivates this donor, what they want to accomplish in life, what their values are. All right. So in an hour long meeting, just take let's just break it down. Got a couple of minutes on the front end and back end of pleasantries, right? We've already lost some time there. Now I say that in any hour-long donor meeting, or any any donor meeting, regardless of the duration, how long it is, you should only be talking about 25% of the time, and the donor should be talking 75% of the time, or to put that more, um, to to use a more assertive term, you should be listening 75% of the time, okay? So that leaves you in an hour-long meeting, only 15 minutes. Remember, you've lost a couple of minutes in the front and back end with pleasantries and Directions and where you're going from here and all that stuff. So, so maybe you're down to I don't know, 12 minutes, 11 minutes. All right, you're going to spend a portion of that time, a big portion of it, just asking questions. You're going to ask questions of your donors. You're going to be guiding the conversation, getting the donor to talk about what makes them tick, what motivates them, what they want to give to, what their own life mission is. Okay so that you can then figure out like how you can how you can make that connection, right? So when it comes time to make your connection, by the time you've asked your strategic questions and you've you've maybe answered a few few housekeeping kind of questions for the donor when they have a question about a specific program, like you're down to 7 minutes. So in any meeting, you've got 7 minutes, 7 minutes to make your pitch. total Alright, it's not gonna come in like one span of seven minutes. So you got seven minutes roughly in any hour-long meeting to really make your pitch. And what is your pitch? Remember, your pitch is you've listened to the donor, you have figured out what it is that motivates them, what they what their own personal life mission is, and now your job is to make that connection to, to show them how their own personal life mission, the things that they value and want to accomplish in life. Your organization is doing those things. So how do you do that? Well, there's a problem if you're a people-oriented listener and the donor you're meeting with today is a content-oriented listener. So you're talking in a people-oriented voice and your donor's not hearing you because they they hear, they process in a content-oriented way. So in this book, Listen Up by Kitty Watson, and Larry Barker. They've got these four different listener types. There's a test you can take, a very simple test. You can take 20 questions that you can go through to to figure out your own listening preference. And I just want you to know that whatever your own preference is, that's probably the language that you're speaking in. Okay, so so what we've gotta do is figure out, if you're a people-oriented listener like I am, how do you go into a meeting and figure out, oh, uh, I'm a people-oriented listener, but I am meeting with an action-oriented listener today. So I've got to, look, I'm the professional here, right? Like this is my job to figure this stuff out. So what I've got to do now is I've got to say, okay, do I have a quiver of stories? Like, do I do I have a quiver of stories? Do I have this this box where I keep stories right in my mind, whatever, where I've got a collection of people oriented stories of action oriented stories of content oriented stories of time oriented stories. Am I prepared to make my case and that those precious seven minutes to an action oriented listener today, even though I'm a people oriented listener, I better be because it's my job. Like I'm a professional. I'm not going to leave this stuff to chance. Right? If you're a professional, you, you don't leave this stuff to chance. You don't wing it. All right. So a lot of times people go in and they, they tell their story. They're like a people oriented listen to, they tell their story, they make their pitch and they're like, hey, the donor just didn't get it. Yeah, they didn't, but it's not the donor's fault. It's your fault. All right. So I want to give you some clues for listener types here. All right, people-oriented listeners. People-oriented listeners, um, you may look. Do they have uh, personal pictures on their wall, um, personal items on their desk? Um, they make eye contact and they hold eye contact. They, they vary vocal inflection. They smile and nod um, in affirmation frequently. Okay, these are some little clues you can look for. Okay, action-oriented listeners—they have desk organizers, they have certificates and work-related pictures on the wall. Um, a clean, brisk handshake. They speak at a more rapid pace. Um, they will also show uh, cues of disinterest, like doodling or finger tapping in meetings. Okay, content-oriented people—neat um, stacks on their desk, um, research and reference books uh, at the ready. Uh, serious facial expression, challenging vocal tones, which if, if you're a people-oriented listener and you hear these challenging vocal tones, it can it can feel like disarming, like, whoa, what's going on? They're not mad, right? It's just a challenging vocal tone. It's, it's how they're processing information and looking up frequently, right? They'll look up to process information. A lot of times, content-oriented listeners, um, engineers, architects, uh, attorneys. Uh, my wife her, her background is an architecture total content-oriented listener okay. Um, time oriented uh, they have they have clocks right like one or more clock available um, within within you know IShot. Uh, they'll, they'll have their assistant call to remind him or her of meetings or to give them warnings. They wanna know how much time you have to meet. They have reminders and pings on their phone impatient uh, patient facial, uh, facial expressions. So with these different types, with people-oriented listeners, try telling stories, illustrations. Um, use we instead of I. Use first names, right? Like you don't call um, a, a people-oriented listener. Like these are people who will tell you, like, call me by my first name. Um, Self-effacing humor is works well with, with uh, people-oriented listeners. Um, action-oriented, keep main points to three or less. Uh, presentations should be short and to the point. And speak at a rapid but controlled pace. They don't tell slow stories, which I tend to do. Um, content-oriented, hard data. They want facts, they want credible sources, they want charts and graphs, okay? And then time-oriented, go under the time limit uh, whenever possible. Uh, Be ready to cut out unnecessary examples and just be sensitive to nonverbal clues indicating impatience. So no one listener type is better than another, um, but I want you to work at understanding different listener preferences and, and how you can be the professional in the room and tailor your own communication to the listening preference of the person sitting across from you. By the way, in uh, our flagship program, our 13-module program we walk through with fundraisers, we have a whole module on understanding listening preferences and creating that quiver of stories you can pull from Uh, For each of the specific listener types, so we walk through with you: how do you, how for your organization, what are some people-oriented stories you can tell? For content-oriented listeners, how do you make your case, right? Like for action-oriented listeners, how do you make your case? For time-oriented people, how do you make your case? And we're walking through it for you, for your organization. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go to majorgiftsfundraiser.com, or email me at Clark at Major Gifts Fundraiser. Okay, remember, check out the link for the, the free interviews with major donors, major donors talking about why they give. I'm gonna put that link uh, here in the comments on this uh, on this video, but if you have trouble finding it, go to tinyurl.com/donorsecrets, tinyurl.com slash donorsecrets, tinyurl.com slash Donor Secrets, or if all else fails, just email me and tell me you're looking for the free program uh, with the donor interviews. And my email, which I already gave, Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you later. Adios. I'm not the one